You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, books editor, Hindustan Times, and today I have with me Andrew Otis, who's done this wonderful, wonderful book, the untold story of India's first newspaper, Hickey's Bengal Gazette, on Hickey's Bengal Gazette. So, is it like Hickey's Bengal Gazette, the untold story of India's first newspaper? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that's the title. Yes, Hickey's Bengal Gazette, the untold yeah. story. Right. So, so tell me, how did you decide to write on this, you know, on India's first newspaper that Indians didn't know about? Uh, when I first came across the newspaper, I, I read about uh, it through its lawyer, a guy named William Hickey as well, very confusingly named. And I thought, this is a really fascinating story. Hmm. And I trained as a journalist, and I trained that when I found a lead, I would keep pursuing the lead. And I found this fascinating story here, and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to pursue this and see where it ends up. And mm. eventually, five years later, it turned out to be a book. Okay. And it's kind of intense because you've researched this whole time and you've put this man in his context. Mm-hmm. You know, this this guy who's come into India. And maybe we should read the flap so, Please. you know, we can give you a context of you know, what Hickey was about. Late 18th century Calcutta. The British are well ensconced in Bengal, but not yet an empire. Indian princes pose a danger to the East India Company's plans of commerce and domination. Warren Hastings, the British Governor-General, is attempting to consolidate his power in the company. John Zacharias Kiernander is on a mission to convert heathen souls in a land far from his native Sweden, though he is not averse to lining his pockets while doing God's work. Into the steaming cauldron of skullduggery and intrigue <laughs> walks James Augustus Hickey, a wild Irishman seeking fame and fortune. Sensing an opportunity, he decides to establish a newspaper, the first of its kind in South Asia. In two short years, his endeavour threatens to lay bare the murky underside of the early British Empire. Does it succeed? This is the story of the forces Hickey came up against. The corrupt authorities determined to stop him and his resourcefulness. The product of five years of research by Andrew Otis in the archives of India, UK and Germany, Hickey's Bengal Gazette, the untold story of India's first newspaper, is an essential and compelling addition to the history of subcontinental journalism. And I must say, you know, the forces that Hickey came up against, the corrupt authorities determined to stop him and his resourcefulness sounds familiar even today. (laughs) You know, I mean, but tell me, what did you find? most difficult about doing this book? Five years of research. Right. I found the archives to be the most difficult part. Uh, simply getting permission to go into archives. For instance, a high court of Calcutta. I was rejected the first time. And only months later did I finally get accepted. Because I knew someone who knew someone at the court. Yes. And then doing research without catalogs, in the dust, in the heat. Uh, that was by far the most difficult part. There's a lot of research behind the book. And every single sentence... Yeah, is no, the, the process the, of like the the index is huge. <laughs> I mean, it runs into how many pages? References? It's like a whole <laughs> forty or fifty at least. Wow, I think seven hundred, eight hundred <laughs> references, yeah. and each one's a process of painstaking research and archives in India, Germany, UK, and it took many years just why to Germany? Uh, the letters of. Kiernander, the missionary, mm. they're based in Germany. Mm. So I went there to figure out what he wrote about Hickey. Okay, okay. 
So there's like a lot of leg work as well involved. Yep. Very tiring process. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine I'm in an archive by myself and having to access documents and sometimes having to even beg to see something. Yeah, I've uh, heard that the from permissions scholars. permissions is really difficult. Yeah, this is, this is common knowledge among PhD scholars, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of material there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unexplored material, and I think... For other scholars wanting to use archives, especially in Calcutta and different parts of India, there's a lot of material that has not been explored. Has not been explored. But anyway, uh, so tell me, um, you know, when I was like going through it and Hickey was actually really uh, ahead of his time, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, in, in the context of this freedom of expression and stuff, I mean, I can see that he's been excessively free, you know. In, in and, and that's led that led him to many uh, difficult situations. So, you know, how did you work piece that up? You know, so, the, how did I piece together the whole yeah, controversy? Yeah. I think um, I came in with a blank Hastings slate, right? And, yeah. and as an American, I wasn't taught anything yes. about Indian history. So, when I looked at it, I looked at it from someone from the outside, totally new, everything Hastings, Hickey, Kiernander, all this was new to me. And so I pieced together point by point from looking at old, old documents, old sources, and then going to more modern books about this topic. Mm. Because it's one thing to look at what people said 100 years ago. I also had to update myself about what people say now about early British colonialism in India. Mm. Um, So I, step by step, and I made maybe 50 or 60 drafts because I constantly got things wrong. Oh my God, 60 drafts. Give or take. <laughs> and I constantly got things wrong. And so I had to go back and make sure everything I said was accurate. Hmm. And Hickey himself comes across as somebody who's attractive in a mad way, you know. So talk about that. How, how did you manage to, you know, create this person? So I would say Hickey was fearless but flawed. Uh, he said anything that he wanted to say. Yes. From talking about the governor Hastings' uh, manhood, questioning that to talking about freedom of expression, freedom of the press, saying that he has a right to print a newspaper that no one can take away from him. Uh, he said things that even today, I think, editors yes. might not say. Yeah, we would have, like, a lot of people would have, not a lot, everybody would have censored it, yeah. you know? And that, I think, is a remarkable aspect of his character and should be recognized because he had no fear in what he wrote. And he... Paid the ultimate price. Yes. He was sentenced to jail and his newspaper was shut down. So I, I think that's a good takeaway from the... Hmm. Also his, his ideas, like while he was very, you know, traditionalist about women, but he's also giving, you know, this woman, um, old Nell, who's mixed race, mm-hmm. that whole bit. I found that really impressive, how he lets her write for his right. paper. You know, that's like truly subaltern mm-hmm. voice. So stuff like that. So he's not he's not a he's not a snob. Right. He may have had strongly misogynistic views about women. Yeah. Uh, which was common for the time. But he also let this woman, Old Nell, an Anglo Indian from a lower class family who was a gardener. Gardener, yeah. And he gave her the above the fold, this the prominent front page position in a newspaper yeah. to talk about her life. Uh, and that was particularly remarkable. Yeah, do you want to read this bit? Yeah, sure. But old, old Nell's yep. uh, um, excerpt from her article, right? 
So Old Nell is writing to Hickey, and she says, You must know, Mr. Hickey, my husband is a gardener. I am therefore up at daybreak, plucking my roots and washing them for market. From whence I return generally by nine, but sometimes sooner. I eat a hearty breakfast, not of ship slop tea, but of good congee, after which I attend to the domestic affairs of our little college. So she's explaining her life, her daily life. Well, as my husband is plowing and working the grounds, our dinner is generally made of wholesome curries or the poultry of our yard, and congee again serves us for supper. Thus we enjoy sound and perfect health. And she goes on to, to yeah. further explain her life. Yeah, very nice. I mean, I, I thought even her style of writing was yeah. <laughs> really good. It's straightforward, straightforward and it's honest, I think, Yeah, which was important. Yeah. So what are you working on next? Are you thinking of something else? Uh, and is it related? Has <laughs> it grown out from this project? Uh, I want to take my research, my writing, uh, more contemporary. So I'm really interested in looking at the impact of fake news on democracy, especially in the United States. That's um, a major issue we face uh, with Trump and Russia. And what media do we trust and what do we not trust? Hmm. I don't know my angle yet. Okay. But since we're talking about fake news and, you know, the press and stuff, mm -hmm. and across the world, the same sort of issues seem to be, you know, emerging about uh, fake news mm -hmm. uh, and the impact it has. You know, and in India, it's had the impact of like lynchings and you know really scary stuff. Mm -hmm. So, how would you you know look at that? So in India, it's WhatsApp is one of the major culprits. Yes. And the United States is Facebook and Twitter and so forth. And I think these social media companies have a responsibility, not just as social media, but they are also news delivery. I mean, people read their news on WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter, and so they have a responsibility to present only content that's truthful. Um, and I think any, any argument saying that they should not need to do that is, is flawed and hurts democracy. So my angle, I think, will be to look at what these social media companies are doing and say what they should do instead. Now, you know, this book is about old media, very old yeah. media. But um, essentially, the same sort of media, the, the, the platform has changed, you know, like newspapers are struggling, at least in the West here, since we still have a lot of new readers, you know, it's not yet, mm -hmm. I mean, though even we are facing a crisis, or, I mean, oh, it's very close, but um, a lot of people have stopped reading, you know, a proper newspaper, and like you said, we get all our news on our cell phones, so you are interested in the platform. Right? right, and in the news that's delivered mm -hmm. uh, in it. So how do you, I mean, it's a long journey that we've been through, right? Right. Where do you think it's going to go? I know it's <laughs> like one of those like large questions. Uh, I can't answer too much for India, but for the US, I'm not very optimistic. Um, I think to be honest with you, unless Congress acts and does something uh, to pressure Facebook and so forth, then this is not going to change. Um, and I don't see much action from Congress, especially if it's controlled by Republicans who haven't showed any willingness or interest to strengthen democratic systems, electoral integrity, if it's the ballots are hacked, for instance, by Russia. I haven't seen much impetus to really protect the important part of democracy. And I think 
to some degree it's similar in India. So I see parallels back and forth. Okay, so great, Andrew. It's been like really interesting talking to you, and it's interesting reading this book. So I think everybody should go out and get this book because I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a journalist or not. <laughs> you, know, you should read this book because it's interesting and it's funny in parts. Thanks. And you know, and and this man Hickey comes out as such a, you know, such a such a character. Yeah, certainly. You know? Such a he's brave as well as weird, <laughs> but he's really interesting. And um, you said that his family was kind of right. lost in the mists of time. So I found out so much about the newspaper and who he was, but there's a lot of information that simply doesn't exist in the archives. Personal information. Personal, personal information. He had about 11 children, you said. Yeah, yeah. But there's no sign of them. <laughs> who they are, where they are. If, if one of their descendants is alive, then... Probably, I mean, I'm sure lots of them are alive kind of merged I look for into... them, but I hope they contact me. <laughs> No way, it's probably the bloodline's like kind of lost, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's um, Andrew Otis and uh, his fine book, Hickey's Bengal Gazette, um, The Untold Story of India's First Newspaper. So, thank you so much for... Thank you, I appreciate it. This was a Hindustan Times production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.